Hey everyone, and welcome to Areas of Interest, the podcast about undergraduate stories. I'm your host, Ariel. And I am Jay Wade. And welcome to another episode. Today's guest has their own podcast called The Musician's Musician, and I will have links to their podcast in the show notes. This episode is not going to be slightly shortened because I will be honest up front, we had some audio issues and our guest got cut off short because of internet connection issues. So this is going to be a full length episode and you'll notice when it cuts off because it just abruptly cuts off and I apologize. If you would like to be notified about future episodes, then please like or subscribe to this podcast because we have a lot more areas of interest to cover and I don't want you to miss out. My name is Max. I, um, I'm also a podcaster. I have a podcast called the Musician's Musician Podcast. And I am, I guess kind of related to this, I have a degree in electrical engineering. Um, I also have a degree, a minor degree in math and also in music. Um, I work as an electrical engineer, but I also work in a recording studio and then um, also have entrepreneurial endeavors that are uh, related to both music and engineering. So I keep pretty busy with, with a lot of the projects that, that I work on. What school did you receive the degrees from? Uh, I went to BYU, Brigham Young University in oh, okay. Utah. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a gorgeous campus. It really, yeah, it really is. I, uh, I grew up in a, in a quite barren desert and, um, as a freshman looking out my window to a snow-capped mountain every morning, every morning was pretty wild. Yeah. I bet Utah is such a beautiful state. I love it in the summertime is when I went and I stayed there for a couple months and hiking those mountains is like hiking in a fantasy, you know, uh, storybook (laughs) with the meadows and the moose and everything. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about what it, what, it was like getting a degree in electrical engineering and what is it like being an electrical engineer as a, as a profession as well? Sure. Yeah. So electrical engineering is really an extremely broad, uh, I guess, subject because there, there are a lot of disciplines within that, um, things related to power electronics or, um, wireless communications and circuit design, uh, mixed signal, like, uh, mixed signal measurements and there's, there's just a, a whole ton of stuff. And that's just like more on the analog side of things. Cause there's also uh, digital signal processing and um, embedded controls and systems. So when someone says they're an electrical engineer, they really could be doing one of just hundreds of different things. Um, and so part of, you know, part of going to college is kind of finding yourself and what you want your, professional career to be, but also in engineering, it's finding out what discipline you want to be in. And I I don't think that's unique to electrical engineering by any means, but it's something that I didn't know going into it. I, I didn't really know what an engineer was until I was one, but I knew that I liked the things that, you know, the kinds of classes that engineers took. Um, it's, so it was a lot of, a lot of physics and math and, I knew I liked electricity and magnetism, um, and there's a lot I can talk about that and like why I actually, um, excuse me, why I actually went into that. But uh, the school itself was was very challenging, and um, it's very conceptual, 
there's there's almost nothing that's actually concrete that you can like hold in your hands and look at you could you know it's like not like mechanical engineering where you can like build something and hold it you're like oh i need to like cut off a little more here i didn't make this wide enough um electrical engineering you can have like a circuit board that has components on it but you can't see the electrons flowing so if you didn't do your math right you're going to end up with uh, the the magic smoke coming out of the component because it's because <laughs> it's fried but yeah i mean it's it's a it was an interesting an interesting thing for me because i was learning what an engineer was as well as um trying to figure out what my interests were and how to proceed forward with that because a lot of engineers are um their dad was an engineer and his dad was an engineer you know it's that's pretty common and i was very uncommon being the first engineer in my family yeah yeah what did you think engineering was i mean i know that i think it would be fun actually um max i think it would be fun to think about what you thought it was because i'm literally sitting here with all of my schooling and time and life experience and i'm like i know i think i can say what an engineer is but i'm not sure if i completely understand it it seems like such a broad thing because some engineers are robotics and some build air conditioners and industrial buildings and some like do everything on the computer so yeah what did you think it was and um what's uh what how's your perception grown about that title well, I, I honestly, I honestly didn't have a good picture of what it was. I, when I was in high school, I, I guess this is probably a good time to tell this story. I, um, I was learning about, so I'm a guitar player and now I work as a recording and recording engineer and producer in recording studios. Um, but back in high school, I was learning how guitars worked and effects pedals and amplifiers. And I started wanting to modify those and figure those out. And so I, I was taking a physics class and I, we were doing this electricity and magnetism section because those, those two things go hand in hand. And I remember staying after and talking to the professor and saying like, Hey, how, well, help me understand how this works, like an electric guitar pickup. And then he like walked me through it and like, we would learn about the different electrical components and such. And I, worked and played with those on my own. Um, but I didn't, and I, I grew up around a lot of engineers, but I didn't actually like see what they did. So I just, and I, I liked math and science and physics in particular. And I thought, you know, that's probably a good, probably a good fit if I can do those things. And I was, I was in a uh, pre-calculus class and the teacher was saying, oh, the clock is running fast. I don't, I, under, I just don't understand why. I said, well, the voltage is probably a little higher than the circuit in there is intending, so it just makes it go faster. And my friend leans over to me and he says, should probably be, should probably be an electrical engineer. I said, and I thought, huh, sure, that sounds like a good idea. Sure, I'll do that. And um, I was either going to go to music school um, or get a degree in engineering. Um, and, you know, I figured if I could, like, work on guitar amps and... Uh, that kind of that sort of thing, then it was probably going to work out because I liked math and physics. Um, but I didn't really know that I didn't know if I was going to be working on a computer so much. I was, you know, hoping I could have a little bit of hands on, but like, um, I figured computers are, you know, the future, which that's absolutely the case. But, um, I, uh, I don't know. I, 
I, I got into internships and entrepreneurial stuff really pretty quick. Um, so yeah, I guess my kind of my brand of electrical engineer is kind of has two different faces. Um, cause one is the very like hands-on making circuits, um, for like guitar amplifiers and, um, kind of on the music side of things I build and have startup, uh, endeavors on that, but then also the, uh, kind of software side of it is like for my, like my nine to five job, I work in 5g over the year, uh, wireless communications. And, um, that's all like there, you, you set something up, but like everything really is done in software. So I write a lot of software for that. And, um, like I'm currently like working with a company in California. So like I'm here in Austin, Texas and I, log into my computer and remote into a computer on in California and we'll write software on that computer all day. So, and that's testing a physical microchip that's in a chamber in their lab. So would you say that like being an engineer is solving problems or, or fixing things that go wrong or to you, does it mean more of creating something? Well, so I think that's a really good question because I think, I think you have, if you if you're creating something, then you're inherently going to be solving problems because nothing works the first time, and so like no circuit or uh, software will be right the first time you write it or or make it. But um, there are test engineers. You know, there are people whose whole job is just to test things, and I work with a lot of guys like that. And then there are design engineers who really just design. And and I think engineer really kind of going back to what you said really is, is a skill set of problem solving. And if you can, if you can think logically through a situation, given a set of tools and, um, and variables, then that's really what I think makes an engineer. So, and, and that's why you have like chemical engineers and civil engineers and mechanical and electrical and all those different types. They really have very similar problem solving approaches and concepts. However, the tools and areas in which they work are very, very different. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, it's, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. So based on what I'm hearing, I would define an engineering, you know, an engineer through Matt's lens as a person who designs, creates, tests, and sometimes just comes up with unique problem solvers. So I think engineers are much more creative um, than you probably would think on his face. I, now that he's kind of explained it, I think I've always thought of an engineer as someone who they they sort of just tinker and create, whether it's on a computer or with a solder and iron. or But, it, but, um, but I've never really thought of them as the actual designer. And that, that does kind of make a little bit more sense. And it's interesting too, because I'm, I'm thinking about the difference between engineering creativity and musical creativity. I wonder what you think about that sort of building something that's much more subjective and artistic versus building something like a, a, you know, dual overknocker amplifier on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I see them in, I mean, because those are two huge things in my life. I see a lot of parallels in those actually. I, I think of design really as in solving a problem and excuse me. And when you are like making 
Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, and when you're making, for example, a song, like what are you trying to do? What is the the objective of that song? Are you trying to convey an emotion? Are you trying to express an idea? Are you trying to solve you know a problem or like reach some specific person? There's catharsis or telling a story. Yeah, like, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because you have something specific that you're trying to do, you're going to use your tool set and skill set to accomplish that. And so creatively, if we look at it like that, they're, they're really the same in my mind. Because if I'm trying to build a guitar amplifier, I am going to say, well, I want it to sound, I want to like reach this type of guitar player and I want to solve this problem that they have. And so I need to make something that will sound like this, respond like this, and that they can use in this situation. And then I'll use my tools to, to get that. But if I'm writing a song and I want to write a song that is going to express this emotion that I have, I say, well, the purpose of the song is to express this emotion and do it in such a way that people can connect with that and feel catharsis in their own life their own life. And so I have a particular set of tools that I like to use when I'm, when I'm writing songs, or maybe I'll use different tools to challenge myself creatively, but I'm going to go through that thought process of I'll like make the bones of it and then I will flesh it out and then I'll go and revise and then assess, is this meeting the criteria that I originally set out to make or is it something that I need to tweak? Is there something that's not, meeting my specifications that I've, I've let out, I've set up to, to accomplish. Um, and so you have this iterative process of design or rewriting and writing, you know, that's, it's, it's really, it's really very similar. And I've, I've seen musical artists, you know, just try to, they'll, they'll go back and forth with these really interesting creative flows. And then I've also seen, I don't, I don't think I'll ever forget this. There was a circuit designer I was working with at a company years ago and he was, he was exceptional. He, he would, he would go on a whiteboard and he would draw circuits up there. Just like, just like a painter would go up and like sketch something. The, G- the Jimi Hendrix of <laughs> circuits. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. It was, I was so blown away and really thankful. I got to work with him and see that, you know, he's like, Oh, okay. So I need to, get this voltage to do this, but I needed to be stable in this situation. So he like draws out this circuit, just like off the top of his head. It was wild. It was, it was like someone making like, uh, like sketching out a drawing. It was really cool. Yeah. When I took physics, I was not too, uh, hyped about the kinematic equations, but when we got to the electrical unit, that to me was the most fun because you actually got to have something in your hand that you can tinker with and you can the light either comes on or it doesn't then you got to figure out okay what do i need to do to get the circuit to to complete it you know and um is there anything throughout your entire course history that you took that just made you kind of take a step back and go wow and it could be related to electrical engineering sure well so i actually took um in my, 
so I, I obviously took like the electrical engineering courses and um, as part of that, I got into wireless communications. And so you're working with electromagnetic waves, which is everything from light to microwaves to, you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways that that kind of is manifest in the physical world. Um, but ultimately it's like this, it's this wave that travels through space and we have ways of like, you know, of, uh, encoding data on that in, you know, like we, we want it to be this frequency in this phase and that sort of stuff. But really the thing to me was learning about how that worked. I was also taking this senior level physics course, um, when I was doing my college degree and that was one of the best classes I ever took. And I realized that acoustic waves and electromagnetic waves are really, really similar. And that was a really cool thing for me because I was able to think about these, these radio waves that are traveling, we can't see them, and think about them in the same way that I think about acoustic waves, sound, speakers, and like all, all those all those sorts of like very, I guess, much more tangible physical phenomena that are still invisible, you know? Um, and that was, that was something that was really eye-opening to me. I, I've had, I got to, um, sit in on this, uh, I guess it was like a three-day kind of seminar that, uh, a, a, like a huge, huge loudspeaker company came in. I was part of the audio engineering society, um, at BYU for a while. And they brought in a bunch of subwoofers and showed us like how phase affects things and how you can like cancel out sound. And you have these two sources. And like, if you're standing in this position, it'll affect you this way. In this position, you'll hear it another way. And how you can like combine speakers with different polarities to like give an optimal experience and all all sorts of stuff like that. And those are really the same types of things that engineers are using when they're working with radio waves that like your cell phone uses. So like those, like two different departments are describing these two like physical phenomena that like I am personally interested in and like finding this link between them was really, really cool to me. If, if there wasn't any correlation between like electrical and acoustic waves being very similar, would that not make it possible to have like digital sound where you have something playing out of a um, radio, you know? Is there a reason why you can, like if, if they were just slightly off, would you kind of get some sort of distortion? Well, so I guess kind of how the flow works for that is you have, so like a radio, right? You have a, a base station that transmits that signal off of an antenna, and then your radio has an antenna that receives that. And then it then is read in that, signal goes down into the circuitry because then it is, I guess, really, how do I say that? Then the signal is then put into a form, an electrical form that can then be put into a loudspeaker. And then the loudspeaker then transforms that into a physical or it's all physical, but like a, uh, a compression wave. It's like, like pushing air instead of, like an electromagnetic wave. 
so they're they're not they don't necessarily interact but the concepts behind them are are very very similar if that makes sense yeah that is so cool that is the one of the coolest things i ever heard my mind's kind of blown a little because i mean look you pluck a guitar string you know that the fat one is going to be you know the fat e and then it'll get lighter and lighter until you get to the thin string and you can feel it you can feel the big old fat string vibrate boom and then the ming it's lighter you know i'm monotone but nonetheless um but i think i've never really thought about the fact that you can take that and turn it into electricity right and then electricity can tell a speaker hey we want you to vibrate a certain way and we want you to make the exact same sound that was a physical vibration so i think the idea that vibration can go it almost like it feels like like my primitive brain says vibrations should just exist but if you store um, a song that you play on an MP3, then it's it's in a digital space and it's it's encoded. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. That's stuff that you know, as someone who's never even been remotely near engineering data or a class, I think it's really cool in principle. That's kind of one of those like, man, that's there's a there's a lot more to even think about. And I think there's another interesting piece to what you do and study, and that is um, with music you really transcend engineering because you're not just engineering sound, you're engineering neurological reactions, right? As a musician or a sound engineer, you need harmony to happen. And you're right, like optimal hearing. So you need to know how like the eardrum works as a mechanism, but you also need to know how the brain is going to process and respond to it. And I imagine the science can go all the way to quantum. (laughs) So that's cool. An auditory neurologist. (laughs) So, uh, Max, do you feel like the quality of your degree at BYU, Utah, is specific to that school that you went to? Or do you feel that other people that you meet in electrical engineering in the field are consistent no matter what school you go to? Uh, I don't I don't think it's necessarily the same as every school you go to. I, I think there is some variability in the degree that you can get. Um, I, particularly, I think it's important to look if you're looking at electrical engineering, look and see what um, what types of disciplines are explored in your university, because not all universities have the same type of electrical engineering opportunities. Uh, so I, I know people that have an electrical engineering degree, but they didn't have opportunities to do wireless communications. Um, and that's something that was offered at BYU. I think BYU gave a really, really great education, and it's. I think it's on par with some of the really great ones in the United States. There, there are others that don't offer as much, or maybe are not as high of a quality of education, but they may have a specialty that they're very good at. Like they may be like really good at power electronics, or they might be really good at um, embedded programming, but they might not do. I don't know. They might not do uh, like analog circuit design. They might not do uh, wireless communication. So, like, if because it's such a broad dis or it's such a broad subject, there are a lot of disciplines that may not be at the school that you're looking at. So, I think that's a really important thing to look at. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of great ones out there. And what kind of... What do you think the most... Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. No, go go ahead. ahead. You want me to go ahead? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll be quick. 
What's what do you think the most? And obviously, I've been. I, you can probably tell I like philosophy. So what do you think the most abstract sort of out there field is within electrical engineering or engineering in general? Oh, just one that maybe you're interested in. Um, it's it's uh, it's going to be uh, wireless communications. It's it, it's uh, oftentimes called RF, just short for radio frequency. And a lot of people call it the black magic of engineering because it's like, um, I mean, you can't see any of it. It's just really, it's completely abstract. Like you, you can't build a circuit. It's like, okay, I have this antenna and that antenna and like, hopefully, you know, hopefully it gets from one to the other. Um, but no, there, I don't know a lot about other disciplines. I, I know that there are some that are like pretty wild. Like material science can get really, really cool. Um, like the like nanotechnologies are wild. There's a there's a professor at the school I went to at BYU that did MRI research, which I think is wild. And I, I think that would have been really cool to get into, but you know, wasn't wasn't my focus. And what kind of opportunities did you explore at BYU. Uh, you mentioned like an internship, but what kind of hands-on experiences were you able to get that you feel were um, something that other schools may not offer? Well, so kind of, I guess going kind of chronologically, I was, a uh, it was between my sophomore and yeah, sophomore and junior years. So I took four and a half years to do my degree. Um, but doing between sophomore and junior years, I started a, a startup company with a friend of mine and we built these uh, guitar like preamp pedals without getting too technical. It's like the, the tone part of your guitar amplifier, but in a box. Thank you so much, Max, for sharing your story with us. And again, I do apologize that this interview got cut way short. This interview was actually another at least another half hour to an hour longer and max had so much to share with us but unfortunately the internet gods have decided that this episode was going to be around 30 minutes long i would like to thank kevin macleod for making his music free to use for indie podcasters like myself and you know i do not like goodbyes so hmm what am i going to tell you today Somebody recently asked me what my favorite animal was, and as an ecologist, you can imagine that's very difficult. So I thought about it for a really long time, and I'd have to say that the capybara is probably my favorite animal. They're really chill, they look like giant guinea pigs, and I've never seen one be aggressive towards any other animal, and all other animals seem to like them. So I would like to own one in the future if it is possible and humane, and I'll make sure to pamper it every chance I get. So that's it for today and have a good rest of your day.